now Monster High. Yeah. And Homestuck. Woo! Oh, it started. Yeah, I mean. Okay. Bullshit is bullshit. Yeah. You know? You know? Might as well be quality bullshit. Yeah. That's what this podcast <laughs> is, if we're being honest. It's just well edited bullshit. Well edited bullshit. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. We watched a Monster High movie last night. Yeah. <laughs> and, dude. We watched, for those of you curious, Great Scarier Reef. <laughs> um, just so you know. Just so you know. Draculaura was a, an octopus. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed that they all had, like, different tails. Yeah. It wasn't all, like, a Barbie mer- mermaid movie where they had the same tail in a different color. The Barbie movie? Dude. So, I think I told you this the other day, but, like, Shark Tales doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Yeah. Um, every Barbie movie does, obviously, because Barbie is superior. Every single one of them passes the Bechdel test. When I learned that, Lucille and I got into a long conversation about various Barbie movies, um, and we started, like, naming them back and forth. Dude, the sheer amount of nostalgia... That comes they with churned those them out too. Movies. No, literally, like. Do you remember the the piano game I had in my room? I sure do. For the the Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we would like memorize it on that one, and then play it on the real, real piano. piano. Like we actually we knew how we were to. Hot shit. Yeah, we were like cheating at playing piano somehow. <laughs> no. I fucking love. I don't think there's ever been a miss with a Barbie movie. Bibble was a cultural reset. Do you remember on TikTok when they, they live streamed that movie through Discord? I do. And then the guy dressed up as Bibble? Yeah. Yep. That was cursed. Amazing. Cursed. Wonderful. But um, we were talking about, because there's, you know, there's like Barbie Fairytopia where she's the fairy. I she just realized. <laughs> Bibble. It's a, like a true crime ghost podcast. We are definitely starting it off talking about Barbie. And you know what? If you stick through it, you get the reward. No, this is the reward. Oh, the reward comes first. <laughs> yeah. The rest of the podcast. Okay. It's all downhill from here. You're right. But Fairytopia had Bibble, right? And then in the second Fairytopia, she has to become a mermaid in Mermaidia with that purple mermaid that was definitely a lesbian yeah and then there's one after that mariposa is it mariposa oh gosh i don't fucking know i'm not caught up on my barbie i do not know all i know is lucille and i were naming barbie movies back and forth and lucille was like the mermaid one and i was like oh yeah mermaidia and then later we were recollecting our thoughts and she was like no 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 like mermaid tales i was like oh fuck the surfer one the one that had the dance in it that we all learned, like little psychopaths. Like, oh, oh my no. god, that Barbie movie slapped for no reason. The nostalgia that we've had in the last two days, we were just talking about what we've talked about. Literally. We watched Monster High. Literally watched We Monster talked about, movie. like, Barbie movies that I haven't thought about since I was six. Literally. Um, Homestuck. <laughs> Homestuck. If you know, you know. Um, what else? She's making a comeback. Should she? Yeah. Yeah. When our Instagram page for this podcast becomes Homestuck Cosplay, 
don't come at us. How many of you will actually stick around? It's repressed trauma. It is repressed trauma. <laughs> we never got to do it. That's why um, my, I'm not going to say my Steam name because I don't want people to know what my Steam name is. <laughs> but that's why my Steam name is set up the way it is. Yeah. Because it's Homestuck. It's a reference to Homestuck because of the, it was like Collegius Aquarium and what's the other one? Turn Tech Godhead. Mine Ectobiologist. comes from not my my Xbox gamer tag, but my gamer tag or username on everything else mm-hmm. is it's usually the same. And it came from because I would watch Skyda's Minecraft, As and you should. I wanted to be. We're regressing even further. We're regressing. <laughs> it's I just going to I wanted to be a Minecraft YouTuber like Skyda's Minecraft so bad, so I made my username like what I wanted my like Minecraft YouTube god Your name brand. to be. Yeah, my brand, and it's so bad. It's like oh no, I love it. It's so funny because but it is a brand. No, it's yeah. Now it's on everything. Isn't it your Discord name? Yeah. Oh, so we can. So you yeah. can say it. Yeah, it's on Dead Fries. That's where it sick. comes from. I enjoy it. Someone pointed out to me, he's like, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be just a potato? And I was like, what? Fuck you. <laughs> no, it's zombie fries, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> They're undead. You fucking dumbass. <laughs> Keep up. Get with it. That's my Minecraft YouTube name. When I become a famous Minecraft YouTuber one of these days. Which will be soon, because <laughs> we are regressing. Build your computer so we can start streaming Minecraft. I didn't cause the chip shortage. <laughs> I tried to build it. I'm, I have one more part to get. Can't find things anywhere that works with what I got. Which is heartbreaking. And there's three parts that I could get. I just can't find any of the three for like a reasonable price. I can go on eBay and pay like yeah. twice the cost of... And you don't know if it's a scam or not until you get it. And at that point, you've spent almost a thousand dollars on something, which I don't have a thousand dollars to shell out for something that might not even be the real part. So that might not even that. I hate that. I hate that so much. But regardless, it's supposed to be fixed soon. Build your fucking computer. I'm trying. It's together. Start streaming. I've put all the parts together at this point. They're all out of their boxes. All the wires are hooked up for the parts I have. I have one more part that doesn't even get wired. It literally just plugs into the board as is, Mm -hmm. and I'm done. What part is it? The graphics. Oh. (laughs) I can't with you. That sucks. I'm so ready to have my computer. I'm ready for you to have your computer. And then we can get you a nice mic. <laughs> and, and not my Xbox headset. Dream. I, I just want to play so Minecraft. Bad. I want to play on a Minecraft SMP so bad. No, I would I kill to play on a Minecraft SMP. I want to be a less glamorous version of the Dream SMP. That's all I want. Yep. All I want. <laughs> With strangers from Discord. Join our Discord. Play Minecraft with us. The plot twist of the century. Yo, how many people can you put on a realm? Um, you can have up to like 21 people listed, but only 11 on at a time, I think. We should just, <laughs> whoever gets on Discord first and says something to us. We just start adding random people to the realm. Yeah, and make friends. I'm down. No, but like, have it like, we don't have enough people active on Discord to do it right now. But like, post something on TikTok and be like, Look, we can't we can't run a server right now because our computers are bad, but <laughs> someone will get to join our realm and play Minecraft with us. Bet. Okay, it's done. 
We'll tell stories. If there <gasps> is someone we can make a little campfire area and tell ghost stories over, over Discord <laughs> on oh a Minecraft God. server. I can't wait to become 12 again. No, like, I'm at this point, I'm just welcoming it. No, honestly, I loved watching the Monster High movie, and I'm going home and watching more. I'm, so Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been talking 20 minutes about middle school. I was checking. Oh. It's a little bit. You want to start? We probably should. <laughs> We've been talking for 20 minutes about middle school. Okay, okay, okay. We can start. Um, everybody already knows what my topic is for this episode. Oh, yeah, we announced it. Yeah. Do you want to guess what my topic is for this episode? Um, Indiana Jones. Wow, you got no. <laughs> Um, I'm talking about another SCP, which is, you know, fun. Frisky Fresh. I'm talking about, so I mentioned it, the reason we know is because I mentioned it in episode... 14? 14. Um, that I wanted to talk about him during episode 14, but we didn't have time. Like, there was no way I could have done those three SCPs I did do plus him. Um, for a more in-depth explanation of, like, what SCPs are, we can go back to episode 14. You can do that. Yeah, it does take a little while. Right. But it, um, essentially, SCPs are a fake fictional foundation, creepypastas, yada, 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 all that nonsense. And there's tears of what they are. So they're either safe, Euclid, or Keter. Um, today, I'm talking about SCP-049, object class Euclid. Okay. Um, so, originally, I mentioned this on episode 14, too. I feel like a broken record. Um, but I literally picked him specifically because I wanted to talk about Site-19 without talking about SCP-173. Um, so, but we already talked about it in 14. A little. A little. So, Site-19 is, obviously, once again, everything in this is fictional, but, um, Site-19 is the largest facility in the SCP Foundation, and it's in Michigan. And within this foundation, because it's so big and it's so public, it's where they hold most of the safe SCPs and like a handful of Euclid ones that are like tamer. Um, like wasn't, wasn't the sloth man at site 16? Oh gosh. I wanna say he was. I have it right here. Or like. I hope I wrote it down. Don't look at my other topic. <laughs> that I'm was the one about the, the combat was. pages flicking, flicking. Oh yeah. you. Some ASMR. Mm, keep talking while I look for it. <laughs> ASMR. Well, like, while you're looking for it, I wanted to bring it up because it's there's hundreds of foundations, or not foundations, but hundreds of locations across the country, across the world. And he's in 116. He's 100. in 116. Yeah. Okay. That's what I wrote down. I might. <laughs> Let's just Google it, honestly. <laughs> um, But, like, the... Depending on what SCP you have and how dangerous they are, what they're capable of, they're going to be held in different facilities. Like I said in episode 14, some of them aren't even moved from their locations. They're just secured where they are. Like um, the amusement park and um, a world without man, like those had to stay where they were because you physically couldn't move them. Yeah, this one is 116. Okay, it's 116. And he is Keter. He is Keter. He is object class Keter, which means he's dangerous and we don't know anything about him, which is scary. Um, but Site-19 is like a catch-all, right? And it holds a bunch of really famous SCPs, including SCP-173, 
which is, for those of you who don't know, um, he's the one that if you blink, he moves closer to you, right? Yes. Yes. He looks like a peanut. You just have to, you can, you can, as long as you have one eye open. So you can like close one eye and then close the other is what some people do. Did you see that... There's, like, a trend on TikTok right now, and the sound is um, there's been an emergency breach at the SCP <gasps> oh, Foundation. Yeah. And you're supposed to just – they don't warn you. They just tell you you have to keep your eyes open now because SCP-173 is loose. And Roxy did it and blinked, and I was so ashamed. I was like, your whole life has been training for this moment. I used to play the the games. There's SCP games, yeah. if you didn't know. And I would I – would, if my character – wasn't blinking i wasn't blinking so i've actually like trained for scp 173 i did the i didn't film it but like i did that little challenge oh easy completely disassociated it was just yeah no easy peasy easy (laughs) easy breezy beautiful cover girl um 173 though is kind of like arguably the most famous yeah he's the first one you see in that game and a lot of people are introduced to scp from the games now right and he's like kind of the the one that the that's what the game started with. Yeah. Production started with, and that's the first one you meet. Because so. the game takes place at site. Yes. Um, and you also can like look at security cameras and stuff. And see him. And see him. You can also see zero four nine. Yeah. In the game. Okay, so now <laughs> we're going to talk about what we're actually talking about, which is he's one of my favorite SCPs of all time. A good dude. Um, he's a good. He's not. He's a bad bad he's dude. A bad, but he's a bad good SCP. Dude, but he's a good SCP. So. Um, I picked, I picked this SCP for two reasons, right? One of them because I wanted to nerd out a little bit about Site-19 and the games and 173, but also because I think this SCP is specifically a great example of what the SCP community is capable of. Because when it comes to SCP-049, he's a fan favorite for a lot of reasons. Um, because, like, you know, he's in the first 100, he's in the games, um, you can, you can interact with him, like, he's a, he's a character, right? But also, because SCP-049 talks, and we have interviews with him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm also going to be playing those for you and then for the audience. Um, so... That was a very long-winded intro. (laughs) It's okay. SCP-049, object class, Euclid, um, also known as the Plague Doctor. We also found out last night that he's diagnosed with depression. Um, He is a humanoid. He's about 19 meters tall, um, and he looks like a medieval plague doctor. 19 meters? That's what it says. When did 1.9? Oh, wait, it might be... Nope. His, his page says humanoid entity roughly 19 meters in height, which bears the appearance of a medieval plague doctor. We've been, meters are like three feet. No, I'm realizing that this is a flaw now. Wait, I'm so scared. I have his SCP page pulled up and that is what it says. Does it really, 19 meter? Are you sure that's what, 1.9? That's not 1.9. That is 19. Terrifying. That is 19. Because 1.9, like, makes sense. I'm assuming that's what it's supposed to say. That's got to be. Because, like... Okay, we're just going to say. 
<laughs> He's a humanoid. Yeah. Hopefully 1.9 meters Hopefully tall. Hopefully 1.9 meters tall. They forgot the period. Um, he looks like a medieval plague doctor. Um, so it looks like he's wearing like thick black robes and uh, a ceramic mask that comes out to like a beak for those of you who don't know what a plague doctor looks like. Um, love plague doctors. Side note, Google them. Love a good plague doctor. I love the fact that a lot of them were just completely unqualified. Oh, 100%. One of the most famous was a fruit salesman. That they just were like, you're a plague doctor now. <laughs> they just were like, figure it out, dude. Good luck. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> you got it. He sold fruit for a living. <laughs> anyway. He's look. qualified. Um, so specifically plague doctors, you know, they dealt with the plague, right? Right. So this, our man's is wearing thick black robes and a mask um, that usually like identifies you as a plague doctor. Um, upon like closer inspection from the foundation, he's not actually wearing anything. The clothes and the mask grew out of his skin. Wonderful. Like they are part of his human figure. Um, I also keep saying I'm using male pronouns. This is an it. Yeah. It is a it creature. Is an, classified as an object, but you know. Um so right. So it, the uh, the clothes have grown out of him and it's almost um it's indistinguishable. You can't tell where the SCP begins and the clothes end like oh. because it's they're all one thing. Um this SCP is capable of speech. He speaks a variety of languages. Um, but he prefers English or medieval French. Classy. Classy. He's a very gen- he's a gentleman. Um, and he's genuinely, generally, like, cordial. Like, he's going to cooperate with the staff. Um, he can become irritated or aggressive, but it's not often. It's usually not unprovoked. Um, he's generally chill cooperative that's why we have interviews with him because he will sit for an interview and talk um the only time he really becomes irritated though or aggressive even hyper aggressive is when he believes he's in the presence of what he calls the pestilence aka the fucking plague uh the foundation has not been able to figure out what he's referring to though like obviously we know that the pestilence is the plague but no one has the fucking black plague. But sometimes I mean, people will walk into his cell one day and be fine, and then the next day we'll walk in and he'll be like, you have the plague now. But why? People do still have the plague. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, but, like, the the plague in a medieval sense, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no one's keeling over and, you know. You get medical help. You get now. medical help for that shit. And also, there's, with the people he says have the plague, there's no they don't. Like, medical explanation. Um, and there's also, like, nothing in common with those people. So it's not like all of those people had the flu and then SCP-049 thought they had the plague. Like, no, they just, one day, SCP-049 like, says you have the plague now. <laughs> and you have to, okay, yeah. I have the plague, dude. So he becomes hostile whenever he thinks someone's affected. Um, often will have to be restrained. So, like, if he thinks you have the plague, he's going to come for you 
and is going to have to be held down, locked up the whole nine yards. If left unchecked, though, if he's not held down in time, he will usually kill the subject. Ah. Uh. Manage just says. <laughs> the way he kills, um, how does it kill, if you may ask? That's that's what I have in my notes. Oh. <laughs> um, so direct skin-on-skin skin contact with SCP-049 stops all biological functions. Oh, he just touches you. He just touches you and you fucking die. Straight up. Man's will murk you. Oh, I remember that. In the games, he walks at you with his hand out. Because mm-hmm. to touch you. Yep. Yep. Um, so the staff, no idea how it works. <laughs> they've tested, um, they've done x-rays, they've done autopsies. There's no explanation for why his, t- his what, it, what it is. It's not like it's like poison glands or anything like that. It literally just magic stops all <laughs> biological function. Like what the fuck? And it's not even a slow thing. No. It's not. It's instantaneous. This man touches you. You collapse. You're dead. Straight up dead. Oh. Um. So. Oh. So. Okay. After he kills victims, usually he shows signs of like remorse. Or, like, he feels bad. Aw. Um, so he will start to do, like, so the frustration is, like, in two parts, right? So first he's, he's like, oh, I killed someone. Boo-hoo. The second part is, like, he doesn't think that he did enough to kill the pestilence. So he oh. he feels bad that he had to kill someone and not even got rid of the disease. So from that point on, he moves to try and cure the victim. Because the de- death isn't the cure. So he'll go through and he will physically try to cure his victims. Um, he has a medical bag that he carries around with him, and then he'll he'll use tools from that bag to perform, like, crude surgeries on the carcasses of his victims. Um, and 90% of the time, these surgeries are not always successful, but they result in SCP-049-2. Oh, I remember this. Yep. Yep. Um, instances of SCP-049-2 are reanimated corpses. Yep. And it's, the way they fucking describe it is terrible. Because it's like, he, it's not like a touch, he dies, a touch, you're alive again. No. It's like, when you wake up, there's going to be a tube in your throat. Or a machine in, like, the your abdominal cavity. Like, he literally whoa it's a lot he it yeah i remember that in the games too i remember because i loved him in the games um but then all of a sudden the corpses would start running at you and you're like "Mm, no and like the gag with the corpses so they have no prior memories at all um or mental functions they have basic motor skills and like response mechanisms that's literally it they're genuinely generally inactive too so they're like mindless husks until SCP-049 like directs them or gives them instructions. Um, and specifically, he can allow them to have back certain biological functions. The gag 
these biological functions, quote, vastly different from anything science can understand now. Oh. Yeah. He 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 makes a new thing. Yeah. We don't we don't know what's happening within those bodies. He yeah, can like, allow them to do certain things though. It just doesn't make sense. Mhm. So despite all of this, according to SCP-049, um, these people are cured, is what he says. Um, he claims that he is able to rid them of the pestilence by killing them and curing them and then reanimating them um, through crude surgeries, whack shit. So how was this man's discovered, you might ask? I do ask. Okay, cool. So, I'm going to tell you how they found him, and then I'm going to play you the first interview with him. Okay. Okay. Um, Interviews are, like, they're between two and three minutes, so I'm going to play all of them. Um, This was why, side note, that I didn't have enough time to talk about him in the last episode, because at first I was like, oh, I just, I I won't play the interviews or talk about, like, I'll I'll talk about them, but whatever. It's like, no, that defeats the purpose. Yeah, that's the fun part. Right. I wanted to be able to have, like, a conversation. So, how he was found. There was a bunch of weird disappearances in a um, town in southern France, and it caused like the police to do a raid on a local home. Um, when law enforcement arrived, they found a bunch of cases of Dash 2 of reanimated corpses. Terrifying. Uh, literally terrifying, and they also found 049. Um, so the the Dash 2s became incredibly hostile. They engaged with law enforcement. There was a fight. There was a shootout. Um, and SCP-049 was noted. So, like, the whole time he was in the corner taking notes. Like, as <gasps> the shootout Whoa. was happening. Um, he was watching. He was taking notes. All of the Dash 2s were killed. And 049 willingly went into custody. He said that he learned so much from that. <gasps> like, it... It was almost, like, he wasn't excited, but it was, like... He just kind of went with it. He did. It was, like, I got my information, closed the book, time to go. And then, um, so, the, there is a, uh, this is, that was also the custody he was taken into. He was taken by the SCP Foundation at that point, not by local law enforcement. Okay, they were, Um, like, called in. Yeah, SCP was called in to handle him. Um, They bring him in, and then they... So they sit down with him, um, and it's important to note that they didn't know he could talk. Oh. They were not, he had not talked up until this point. Like, the notes on the interview, um, do-do-do-do-do. He also, so he, they weren't aware that he could talk, and he, he just surprised, like, at first the doctor sat down and was just going to record, like, his interactions with him. Maybe he was making noises, something like that. Um, they did not expect conversation. And also, SCP-049 is noted. Don't know why. He had a stick. <laughs> he had a stick with him. And as he's talking in this interview that I'm about to play, it's important to note that the entire time, he is waving the stick around dramatically. The whole time. A wonderful. Um, it had to be confiscated after no. this. Because he's waving it around as he's... So the doctor who interviews him is Dr. Raymond Ham at Site 85, SCP-049. Um, so I'm going to play that interview for you. And I'll insert it into the... Alors, comment devriez-vous commencer une introduction? 
Is that is that French? Can we get a translator? The in? King's English. No need for translation, sir. I can speak it well enough. Good. My name is Dr. Raymond Ham, and I Ah, a doctor. A like minded individual, no doubt. Wherein is your speciality, sir? Cryptobiology. Why? <laughs> a medical man such as myself. Wonders abound. And here, I worried I had been abducted by common street thugs. This place, then, this is your laboratory. I had wondered, as clean as it is, and with such little trace of the pestilence here. The pestilence? What do you mean? The scourge. The great dying. Come now, you know, the... Mm, what is it they call it? The... The... Ah, no matter. The pestilence, yes. It abounds outside these walls, you know. So many have succumbed, and many more will continue to, until such time as a perfect cure can be developed. Fortunately, I am very close. It is my duty in life to rid the world of it, you see. The cure to end all cures. When you say the great dying, are you talking about the bubonic plague? I don't know what that is. Well, I see. Right, well, the entities are agents encountered at the house. They were dead when you encountered them. Yes, you reanimated them. Hmm. In a manner of speaking, you see things too simply, Doctor. Expand your horizons. Life and death, sickness and health. These are amateur terms for amateur physicians. There is only one ailment that exists in the world of men, and that is the pestilence, and nothing else. Make no mistake, they were very ill. All of them. You think you cured those people? Indeed. My cure is most effective. Well, the things we recovered were not human. Yes, well, it is not a perfect cure, but that will come with time and further experimentation. I have spent a lifetime developing my methods, Dr. Ham, and will spend a lifetime more if necessary. Now, we have wasted too much time. There is work to do. I will require a laboratory of my own, one where I can continue my research unimpeded. And assistance, of course, though I can provide those on my own in time. <laughs> oh, I don't think our organization would be willing to... Nonsense. We are all men of science. Fetch your coat and show me to my quarters, Doctor. Our work begins now. I love that he's just... He thinks this is, like, colleagues meeting up. No, he's the boss. He's <laughs> like, all right, so... Where's my space to work? Like, right. if this is your area, this is your office, I get one too. So, and like, also assistance. Yeah. Um, get your get your coat. <laughs> it's ready, right? Like that's why y'all brought me here. This <laughs> isn't like I'm not. You're not keeping me. Like you brought me here to be a man of science. Also, the fact that like I know we can't. You could probably couldn't see it. I tried to turn it, but um, there are notes that he's like tapping his temple furiously at certain points. He's waving the stick around the whole time. Wonderful. Um, and the pauses and glaring, like 
my favorite is, well, it's not a perfect cure. <laughs> He's like, yeah. It's not perfect. It's That's why words, I need a fucking man. laboratory. Are you not listening? Like, I'm working what, on... Oh, my God. What part of this... And also the fact that he did not know what the bubonic plague was. Yeah. And that he called the other guy immature. Yeah. Wonderful. Like The sass. Everything about this man, it's... He's so funny to me. And it's... Yeah. He's a cool dude. I did, so, so, after this interview happens, right... The whole time, he's waving... This is a pointy stick. <laughs> it is a stick that is pointed. And he is waving it around like a fucking conductor. And um, it had to be confiscated. Because he Wonderful. Was, it lives like a weapon. It's a weapon. <laughs> um, so it, the note was that part of this was like standard confiscation protocols. Um, because anomalies aren't allowed to have, you know, weapons. Um, and part was because quote unquote 049 really is a menace swinging it around like he does <laughs> so part of it was protocol and part of it is because he was just annoying um so he was mad at first that they took away his stick um but after there the 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 company agreed okay give us the stick and we'll give you test subjects <gasps> and he was like bet That's <laughs> easy all I all I easy <laughs> Um, and then it, he, quote, warmed up to the idea <laughs> of giving them the stick. <laughs> um, so also another in- interviewer note about this. So 049 does sound human. He can communicate like human. I'm even, like, referring to him with pronouns right now. Mm-hmm. But it is important to note that there is nothing about this thing that is human. It's it's just not. It's not. Um he doesn't it doesn't function like we do it can just mimic speech um, and it might genuinely believe what it's saying to some capacity but the note was that whenever one talks to 049 there's a very weird sense of unease um, whenever you're in its presence and it's that quote make no mistake there is something uncanny about this entity indeed that's what they say so um, from here on, the interactions with SCP-049 become, like, observing him. Like, what's he doing in his lab? <laughs> because they gave him a lab. Like, I mean. <laughs> Mans is allowed to do this. Um, so he is given various corpses in test subjects, usually mammals, but not human. Usually mammals, um... And it's noted that he will spend several days performing very weird surgeries on them. Like, he'll kill them and then perform very weird surgeries um, and then spend several more days after that documenting whatever he's found in a thick leather-bound notebook that he carries carries in his coat um, or in his doctor's bag. He will often, I thought this was so cute, he will often seek to share what he found with the Foundation staff. No. He just <laughs> wants to tell them he's going to cure the Black Plague, guys. The like-minded individuals like, he found. Even though he called them amateurs. Yeah. He wants to share his knowledge um, and make them not amateurs. So, um, there's a bunch of observation logs of them like watching him do these experiments. So the first one is observation log 049-OL-1. Um, so he was given a, a subject. It's unclear whether it's human, but it sounds human. Okay. Um, it, he's given test 
The reason I say that is also because usually if he's given like um, a mammal or like a, a cadaver or whatever, they specify that. This one just says he's given subject D-85123. That sounds like the, the D class personnel if it's got a D. Yeah. So. It sounds like. They just gave him. A person. Yeah, a whole dude. Um, so he was introduced to 049 in the cell. Um, the in- entity expressed severe gratitude to all of the research staff and uh, people because he knows he's being watched. Oh. So he's like, thanks, guys. Oh, you got me a person? <laughs> you shouldn't have. Um, Wonderful. So first, he starts by asking the subject like a bunch of really standard medical questions. And while he's doing that, he's taking tools out of his bag. Like, it's very, like, a doctor, you know? Like, this is what he does. Um, but once he's finished preparing, uh, he quickly kills him. Oh. It's instantaneous. Mans dies um, with a touch to the throat. And afterwards, the quote is that SCP-049 made a number of considerable alterations to the basic structures of the subject's corpse often introducing fluids from within the bag to the subject by way of a hand-powered pump and copper tubing. Oh. So he's pumping the body full of liquids. Like, unknown liquids. Give this man an IV. (laughs) Anyway. So, after, like, that along with, um, he's often noted to um, manufacture, like, limbs, too. Like, he'll, this is some mad scientist level shit. Like, we made jokes, like, he's cute, ha, 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 ha. Um, He's so excited to talk about science. He's literally, like, taking limbs off of people and replacing them. He's pumping their bodies full of God knows what. Um, He's putting tubes down people's throats. Like, it's a lot. Um, But at some point, 049-2 does become animated. He comes, he reanimates. Um, He's flailing. He's grasping at the walls of the chamber. Like, he's trying to get away. Um, and he has, quote, a number of manufactured limbs while moaning out of an oblong orifice that is now present in its sternum. Oh. And the thing that got me about this is that he, it's, this 049-2 is, it's making noise and it's, like, clawing at the walls. Like, it's clearly conscious of something. Yeah. And... This whole time, um, our boy is taking notes. The whole time. <gasps> he's just watching that. He, no, he's literally just watching. He's watching, he's taking notes in the journal, um, and he is making comments to the staff watching him. Like like a, like he's doing a, a medical presentation. Like a, yeah, like a demonstration. Ex- like Exactly, what a perfect way to say it. He's making comments about how effective his cure is. And the staff is just horrified. Yeah. Like, absolutely not. He um, thinks they're on board. <laughs> right. And then security personnel comes in to remove him back from his laboratory to back to his containment cell. Um, and then they were attacked by 49-2. And oh. the security team had to kill him. And 049 returned to his containment cell with no resistance, saying that he was pleased with the results. So he did that. Um, in another uh, observation log, he's given a goat, like a a, de- a dead goat. Okay. Um, 
expressed gratitude once again. He's very excited. Um, he operated on the goat corpse for several days and reanimated the goat corpse too, <gasps> like successfully. Um, and he was pleased with the outcome, though he, quote, admitted the disease was still in its nascent stage. Quote, my veterinary practice is rudimentary, but the patient responded well to the procedure. <laughs> He's like, I'm no vet, but I did something to that goat. <laughs> Something's working. Something's working. He successfully reanimated it. When he was given... Um, an orangutan, he was also really happy because of its similarities to human. Mm -hmm. um, so he was, once again, very grateful for the orangutan he's given. But the gag with the orangutan was he killed it and reanimated it over and over again. Oh. Like, multiple times. And it each time he got, like, more and more angry, but the staff couldn't really like see what was different this time about like the past times he's reanimated like it didn't make really it didn't make sense to people watching um but nothing about four nine makes sense yeah um so he was discontent with his results um he returned to the creature three times after its first reanimation so he reanimated it four four times um after the first one and when he couldn't reanimate it a fifth time, he gave the corpse back to the foundation and told them to incinerate it. <gasps> and then his quote is, I have learned so much from this, though. I fear my early optimism was misplaced. I haven't yet come across such a, a stumbling roadblock on my road to the cure. More subjects like this would do a great deal in advancing my research. But it's like, it's confusing because I thought and so did the foundation, that the reanimation was the cure. So he reanimated this thing four times. What, what was wrong? What was wrong is the question. Um, so another one, he is given a dead cow and is annoyed. He, the quote is, he's expressing mild annoyance, though he accepted it nonetheless. <laughs> So he took it, but he's a little pissed off. Um, he spent several days operating on it. Um, and it, it's funny because he, as he's operating, he's also, like, requesting stuff from the staff. Like, he asked them to bring him, like, cheese and crackers. <laughs> and he's just eating cheese and crackers and, like, dissecting a cow casually. Um, so first he embalmed it, and he was noted for producing a bunch of, like, really, like, those big syringes. Um, with the really long needles oh. <laughs> from his fucking bag. It sounds like a Mary Poppins. No, I literally was just... Or the bag from Halloween Town. Yeah. Where are you getting all this shit, <laughs> dude? Because I know that the staff Pocket is dimension. not giving it to you. Um, but... I mean, they gave him the cheese and crackers. So, yeah, a syringe of viscous liquid. Prob Does he have to eat to, like, survive? Unclear. Unclear. Like, it's, people can't even see if he has, like, a mouth. Like, where yeah. is it going? <laughs> You know, it's going under the mask, but is it going into an orifice? Or are you just, like, smearing it on your face? Like, what are you <laughs> doing, brother? Um, but, so he, he has multiple syringes, right? And all of them are the big round ones. What's, what's that? Like, about the size, like, a water bottle mm -hmm. with those long-ass needles. Um, and each of them is full of a different, dark, viscous liquid. Unclear of what it is. Bad. Bad. <laughs> Um, and he describes these liquids as the essence of the humors 
and elaborated by saying, quote, the pestilence may bring about a, a systemic imbalance. In such case, before true healing can begin, one must find the humors in balance or the body will reject the cure. What? So it's like he's saying that the the pestilence causes an imbalance in the body. You have to rebalance it before you can even cure anything in the first place. Okay, cool, cool, cool. What the fuck are the humors? What is that? That sounds biblical. Yeah, I was about to say, isn't that like something in, like Greek? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I really, and, and like, if it is Greek, someone please correct me, please. Snapchat me, DM me on Discord because I don't know what I'm talking about. If this is Greek, if this is biblical, whatever, Mans is French. <laughs> Mans is French. He's a French medieval plague doctor. <laughs> what? Okay, regardless. Um, that was what he says. So over the next few days with this cow, he spends multiple days rearranging the organs inside. Oh. Like it's a fucking puzzle. Like he's do 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 like he's rebalancing. I guess. <laughs> um, so he's removing the organs, putting them back in, along with a, a large amount of, or a number of large metal instruments inside the cow. Hmm. So he's, re he's rearranging organs and in like, that was me? Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna. He's rearranging the organs and in this like new spaces, he's putting metal instruments. Um, and after eight days, another instance of the Mary Poppins bag casually has a lightning rod. <laughs> Are they? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dr. Ham, you know, the doctor who's been like with him the whole time and interacting with him, took it away <laughs> and no. gave him an electric cattle prod. It was like, you can't have a lightning rod, but you can have this. <laughs> They're like, all right, let's take a step back. <laughs> like, this is a little much. They really watched this man take a lightning rod out of his back and was like, nope, we got to <laughs> We'll let you do a lot of shit. Like, not that. Um, so they gave him an electric cattle prod attached to an extension cord. <laughs> <laughs> and he electrocuted the, the cow in, like, several different places, and it reanimated it. Like Frankenstein style. They should have let him keep the... <laughs> the how would have the lightning... Aren't they inside? Yeah. <laughs> In a lab deep underground. Where is he going to get the lightning? <laughs> is that going to come from the bag, too? <laughs> they want to find out. Like, it zaps all the power out of the place, and then they're like, oh, <laughs> oops. Um. So, the he does successfully reanimate the cow using lightning. Like, a cattle broad. A fucking cattle broad. Um, and it, it does begin um, to, to move despite the inversion of its head and the reorientation of limbs. Huh. It's some mad scientist shit. Yeah. Um, so following that is interview number two that I'm going to play. Boop. Oh, my king. Bitch. Hold on. I want to also read the, um... Okay. Never mind. Boop. 
we've watched you work for several weeks now, and honestly, I'm not sure I understand what you're doing. Could you describe your process in detail? Oh, goodness, no. The process is most intensive. As I said to your assistant, the best instruction you will find about my methods are here in my journals, as I have kept exhaustive records of my work there. I see. Well, my concern, Doctor, is that we still don't understand what you're seeking to cure, or how it manifests, or how turning these creatures into quasi-living, mindless drones helps in that effort. You do not understand the pestilence? Even after all this time? Doctor, it is an unspeakable horror, one that has shown its true face many times before, and will again. I find myself blessed with the wisdom and good senses needed to root it out and destroy it. But many, like yourself, cannot. It is a cruel judgment, I fear, to be at the mercy of a disease you cannot fully comprehend. That still doesn't answer my question. How's your cure any kind of cure at all? It is a cure. You may laugh at my efforts if you please, but do not besmirch the good name of scientific progress that has developed this great mercy. What you short-sightedly see here is a life better than any this creature could have hoped for. Stricken as it was with the pestilence, this creature is now clean, unable to spread the pestilence, and free from the terror it would have experienced otherwise. This is hardly a creature at all, Doctor. It's not even... Do not jape with me, sir. You and your colleagues are like so many others, unable to look past minor setbacks to see the salvation taking place before your very eyes. Do you wait to remove rotten timbers until the hall collapses on top of you? No. You find them and you pull them out and replace them with those untouched by rot. And most of all, you do not simply mock the structure because it now looks different to you. It is strong. It is free of disease. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to agitate you. I'm, I'm just trying to understand. Yes. Well, do mind your words in the future, Doctor. I am a professional, but even professionals may feel the bite of pride in dealing with criticism of their masterpiece. I will forgive this as an act of good faith between colleagues. Is there anything else I can help you with? No, that will be all. Another test subject on the usual schedule. You know my preference of subjects with more human anatomies. That mm. wonderful. That. Um, I I just like the fact that they call each other doctor and colleague. Yeah. That, but also the there's a note um, after this interview that. SCP-049, he does seem to genuinely want to help humans, uh, but it's unable to provide, like, concrete examples of what it's trying to save us from. That's, like, in the beginning when I said that he's saying that it's the pestilence, it's this, it's, it's, the, it's the Black Plague, it's the Great Sickness, but there is no remnants of the Great Sickness and these people that he's yeah. killing. It's know? something else. It's, it's, he is seeing something else. Um, and do, 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 and the other note is that 
while Dr. Ham specifically has watched over him for several weeks, um, the outcomes don't ever change, but 049 claims that he's making strides, even though it's the same thing happening every time. It's just like different methods of reanimation, but um, the reanimation like very clearly comes from 049, not the lightning rod, you know? Yeah. Um, that. And then the, uh, the last note is, I think the entity may be more aware of the reality of these outcomes than it would like us to think. That. Oh, so he's like putting on a show almost. Yeah. So, or something of that nature. Um, or definitely like knows more than he's letting on. But there is an incident in 2017, um, specifically April of 2017. Um, so Dr. Ham has become very familiar with SCP-049. Like, they're on a... They're colleagues. They're colleagues. <laughs> um, and he c- gets a number of interviews. Like, obviously, I've, I've played a few, but he gets a, a large amount of interviews with 49 um, over about the projects, about displeasures with his subjects. They talk about his notes. Um, they talk about instances of 49-2. Um, this continued... It's over the course of several months. And SCP-049 has never once gotten aggressive with him. Like, he views, he clearly views Ham as, like, an equal of sorts. Um, but on April 16th, 2017, um, as Dr. Ham was entering the chamber, because he goes into SCP-049's rooms to talk to him, he goes into the room to conduct another interview, and the ener- entity clearly gets anxious. Like, nervous, almost. Um... And he asks Dr. Ham if he was feeling well. Oh, he thinks Dr. Ham has the pestilence. And following protocol, Ham reminds him that interviews are required, but the the entity becomes hostile, attacks him, and kills him. (gasps) No! Yeah, he kills the doctor. And because of this lapse in uh, security, he didn't activate the in-chamber emergency systems and so Dr. Ham's corpse was not discovered until three hours later and by that point he was reanimated oh no yeah yeah how do they (laughs) yeah nobody was watching well it's also it's like at this point, they think he's safe. Like, kind of right. Like the their colleagues. Yeah. Their equals. Like, if four nine talks to Doctor Ham and knows Doctor Ham and is familiar with Doctor Ham and has welcomed him into his room before, but this time he's he's sick somehow. And huh. because it's like there's that level of not trust because Doctor Ham did follow the protocols and he did what he was supposed to do, but he didn't activate his security stuff. Like, when he was attacked, he didn't press the button for the insecurity chambers. Why? Like, did you think you were going to be able to get away? Or, like, calm or, him down? Or was it just too fast? Yeah. Like, whatever the situation I mean, he just was, has to poke you. That. that. Um, but by the time that they found him, he was reanimated. And um, 
in the aftermath of the incident, he was interviewed by a different doctor, a Theron Sherman, and this is interview number three with 049. I need you to explain yourself. SCP-049, you are being directed to explain your actions, and I will remind you that failure to cooperate will result in further restrictions during your containment. My actions do not need to be explained. You killed Raymond Ham, and then butchered him until he- Not dead. No, not, not dead. He is, he is cured. Cured? Cured of what? The pestilence, sir. I had thought you, at least, would realize what luck it is. I detected it before. What pestilence? You keep going on and on about this pestilence, but you have not once been able to properly identify this disease. What could you have possibly seen in him today that you had not seen so many times before? That it would be worth his life? He... The pestilence presents and progresses in unforeseeable fashions and has a queer way of of creeping into the unprepared and call it what you want, Doctor. It was a mercy I did to him. He is cured. He is a vegetable. I I would not expect you to understand. You and your your ilk have proven time and time again not to be men of science, but men of of emotion. You cannot appreciate the horrors I have seen. Those many millions who have succumbed to the pestilence and been changed. Your cure cost Ray his life. No, good sir. I have saved it. You will allow this world to slip back into the, the despair of disease and death, ignoring that I have created a miracle. And what disease? What pestilence? He was a healthy man. He was a good doctor. I'm offering it freely to the afflicted. You are not worth this argument, sir. You are short-sighted and foolish. Dr. Ham was sick, and I... I cured him. I am the only one who can do this. My work must continue. There is still so much to learn, so much I've to had do. enough of this. And Consider your allowances were saved. Even you. Welcome to containment, you know, 049. Might be saved. We're done here. I can save them all. I can cast down this plague once and for all. I can do this. Only me. I I saved him. I saved him. Dr. Ham. I I cured him. He was sick. I know he was sick. I know he was. And I you are all sick, but I, I can save you. I can save all of you because I, I am the cure. That? Wow. Yeah. It makes me sad because he sounds like. Remorseful. Yeah. It sounds like he, it's like a state of shock almost where he, he's trying to justify what he did, but he, he deeply, like there's something wrong. Yeah, you, you know? can tell he's, like, upset at the end, which is weird. But he, that was, like, a colleague to him, and he knows he lost that. Yeah, and, like, even though he, quote-unquote, cured him, like, he's never going to get to have another conversation with Dr. Ham. Yeah. It's very sad. 
Um, and then he does get his privileges revoked, you yeah. know, like the allowances. Like, he's not allowed to do certain things anymore because he killed his friend. So it's like on top of killing his friend, <laughs> um, the, the last interview with him, um, it's um, an incident report for the for the killing of Dr. Ham and it's conducted by Elijah Itkins. Um, it's it took place three weeks after the start of the investigation. So in sometime in May of twenty seventeen is the last interview that they like recorded interview that is released with um, SCP zero four nine and I'm gonna play that. It's a shorter one. SCP-049, we are conducting this interview to close out our investigation of your actions taken on April 16th that resulted in the death of a staff member. Do you have any comments to make? Only that I look forward to the day when you will allow me to resume my work. I have spent the last few weeks compiling my notes and constructing a new theory for how the pestilence was able to infect someone in such an insidious manner that I nearly couldn't detect it. Have you experienced any remorse for your actions, for the death of Dr. Ham? Ah, yes. Well, the death of a colleague is always regrettable. But in the face of the pestilence, we must be swift, Doctor, and act without hesitation. Dr. Sherman noted in his report that you seemed to be mournful during your initial interview. Mourn? Perhaps. I had not thought that. It is lamentable that a fellow doctor became infected, but the work continues. Regrettable as, as it was, Dr. Ham's death provided important insight. Living human subjects are the only way to proceed forward, I am decided. My cure is of little use on dead flesh, and I have gleaned all I can from your generous supply of corpses. My desires turn towards tending to those still living who suffer from the disease. I'm afraid you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> oh, Doctor. I wouldn't be so sure. That. I enjoyed the... I don't enjoy it. But, like, this time he... At first he wouldn't let him say it was a death. He said, I didn't kill him, I cured him. But yeah. this time he admitted that he had to kill someone to cure them. Yeah. Like, he definitely was, like, in a shock in the other one. Like, mm. I didn't kill him, I didn't do anything. I cured him. And it's also, like, when, when he's called out, it's like, hey, Dr. Sherman said you sounded mournful. It's like, oh, I I didn't think of it like that. But, I mean, I guess. I mean, I lost a... Yeah, yeah he, like, admits to it. But the the thing that gets me... That still kind of confuses me about 049 is he says that he wants living human subjects to cure the disease um, because his, his cure is a waste on dead flesh is what he says. He has to kill them, though, to operate on them. Like, yeah. that's his whole shtick is you give me a subject, I kill you, I reanimate you, and that's the cure. Like, does he mean he wants to start experimenting on people while they're awake? Oh, uh, I thought, like, just how... Were you talking about the one that might be a D-class personnel that yeah. they let him experience on? Experience. Experiment, Experiment. on. Um, like, just that again, where he touches them and kills them. But it might be something like how when they, when 
in the real wor- world when they get organs to when they like if there's a bad crash and someone dies and they can still if, yeah. if a certain time hasn't passed they can harvest those organs and still donate them mm-hmm. or like do transplants with them it's like right after you die everything is still like not dead it's some stuff is still functioning in your body and yeah. maybe he needs that state to do what he wants okay well, there are some footnotes on 049. So first is that um, the robes and the gloves are identical to a thick hide built up on the skin, while the mask is composed of a kind of chitlin that grows out of the bones of the face. Oh. So it's literally his, that's just what he is. Um, the entity claims to have originated in 15th century France, though he says he's particularly well-traveled. Um, the space within his bag is seemingly anonim- uh, like anomalously large. Mary um, Poppins. He's been seen putting objects larger than the bag itself um, <laughs> and pulling objects larger than the bag itself uh, from within in order to operate on his subjects. Um, he has stated that he wants to work on human subjects several times, and he it, it's noted that he's particularly discontent when people won't give him them <laughs> and he has expressed that he does not require sustenance but he enjoys it and feels that the food helps him get into the right mind state to operate he's cheese and crackers he's cheese and crackers um he added to the statement saying quote this is of course elementary knowledge of the practical physician i would have thought you would have learned this during your education you need cheese and crackers to operate. Duh. Um, notably, his journals are not written in any known language, and any attempt by linguists and code breakers to decipher them have been completely unsuccessful. Give it to those kids on TikTok. Give it to TikTok. <laughs> yes, I want. I want next. I because we we have footage of SCP-049. Like we have recordings of him and all this stuff. But I want his journals to be public knowledge. <laughs> Because I want to break that fucking code. Yeah. It'd be so fun. Dude. But, um, yeah, he's also diagnosed with depression. That's so sad. Yeah. We know that. So he obviously, like, shows remorse. Like He's I'm, depressed. I'm trying to, like, think of some, like, oh, spooky. This He thinks the plague is free will. Like, so, or emo- yeah. having emotion. But he has emotion and even admits to it in that one. So it's nothing like that. It's, like, it's literally he's just reanimating things. Yeah. Under a claim of curing something. And it's, like, if you're also so old, why is it that uh, this SCP specifically has chosen to manifest as, like, a doc- like a plague doctor? Like, why are you not growing with the times? Because 15th century is... 1400 right mm-hmm. the plague didn't happen until what the 1800s when oh gosh am i wrong because i thought the plague was 18th or i thought the plague was 17th century or no no no, 19th century i don't know what the fuck i'm saying <laughs> um i'm gonna look it up just so we can have the talking point no, no like, yeah 1346 is the plague? So he's from the the. When's he from? When did he say he? Fifteenth century. Fifteenth century. So fourteen hundred, right? Well, it depends on what plague we're talking about. The bubonic plague. 
Is that the one he's from, though? There's one in the in the 1300s. Well, I guess he the said... The 1900s, the 1600s. He didn't know what the bubonic plague was. Yeah. So it might not be the Black it Death. It might not be any plague. <laughs> it, well, yeah, I mean, it might just be, like, humans <laughs> reanimate <up>. them. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, because there, there's one, like, every century. Hmm. Well, damn. I mean... Regardless, he's a cool dude. It's so interesting. I want to know what he thinks he's curing. That. I think everybody wants to know what he thinks he's curing, but he can't give any concrete evidence. Like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's literally just, like, Uh, the pestilence. The pestilence. How do you not know what the pestilence is? It's the pestilence. You can't sense the pestilence? The great death? The great (laughs) sickness? Bruh, you mean the bubonic plague? What's that? (laughs) Bruh. Bruh. Maybe he's talking about something older than we know about. Or maybe he's literally a, a man of theater. A theater. <laughs> a man of... Well, I mean, he did wave that the wave in the stick, stick around. around. He's just putting he's on just a show dramatic. to reanimate people. <laughs> talking to his colleagues. <laughs> Cheese and crackers. He's a theater man. No, literally. But also, um, he is a particularly a fan favorite. For all I of drew him. I should yeah. find that and like we'd like post it or something. Because yeah. I drew him at like the age of fourteen. Yeah, it's it's like a funny drawing because it's just there. He, but he's. You're not the only one who's a fan of him enough to like draw him. Like he's one of the SCPs that has like a lot of fan art. He has a following. Yeah. Because he can talk. Because he's sentient to a some capacity. And there's a lot of content given on him, so even more content can be made exactly. of him. He's a cool dude. He's also depressed. Yeah. Canonically. Give him some help. Where is my, not interview sessions, my therapy sessions? Give this man some (laughs) therapy. 2K21. (laughs) He killed someone four years ago. Get over it. (laughs) He needs to recover. He needs to recover. How many people has he lost? No. Also, he's immortal, apparently. He's had to live through the times. That's got to take a toll. He's a man of science. But also is immortal. <laughs> and when he reanimates someone, their bodily functions are different. Beyond than science? Anything science can comprehend. This is straight up magic, bro. Yeah, he really did. Like, is on the brink of a great scientific discovery. We're just a couple thousands of years behind him, so. That. Catch up. He's calling it the pestilence, but truly he has the secret to immortality. Yeah, he's just curing stupidity. <laughs> yeah. By getting rid of thought. <laughs> He went the other way instead of, but that could, like, maybe it's something, like, you know, at some point your body goes from regenerating enough to keep up, Mm -hmm. and then it goes to your, you start to, you know, why you start to show signs of aging is because your body's slowing down and your cells can't regenerate fast enough. They, like, oxidize too fast or whatever. Maybe he can sense when you, when you become, like, when you have reached the point of you're not keeping up anymore. He's Hmm. curing dying by making you immortal. Huh. Theories out here. And that's why the the new bodily functions is something that doesn't make sense to us. Yeah, because it... it, It's immortality. Yeah. Because, like, if they're just mindless drones of whatever liquid he pumps in just going. Yeah. Have you seen that thing that, like, the, the cure for, like, death and, like, the, the secret to immortality is somewhere in cancer? Because cancer is the regeneration of cells yeah, at a I rapid have. rate. 
I also saw a thing, side note, uh, My Hero Academia, Recovery Girl's quirk is that she just speeds up the healing process, and someone noted that that's... That could happen. That, but it's just, that is just cancer. Yeah. Like, she's speeding up the cell division, and that But that's that's why you. we die, is we slowly... Our cells can't divide. Yeah. They, they divide slower and slower. Exactly. And when you reach your, like, late 20s, early yeah. 30s, is when you're sl- you go from your cells recovering more than enough to them slowly starting to recover not enough. And yeah. that's why at that, like, you you all, you start having, like, pains and aches and you people develop osteoporosis and stuff like that where your bones just aren't as strong anymore because yeah. your, your cells can't reproduce at the same, like, efficiency yeah, and functionality. So he's curing that. That's my theory now. I made it on the spot. <laughs> no it proof. Though. It does make sense because, like, it. it and All it also of a sudden, he was like, "Oh, this man's dying now." Right. He's going from working at efficiency to not. And it makes sense because so he, makes he himself is immortal. Yeah. So he's trying to cure dying. Yeah. I can get behind that. That's a good theory. Let's 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 flush it out. We'll come back in a couple. <laughs> We're gonna write an addendum and send it into SCP. <laughs> Guys, like look a formal what we came request. up with. And they're gonna be like, give us the journal. <laughs> <laughs> give us the journal. Let Wait. us write the journal. Bet. I'm writing an email. Noted. <laughs> okay. Well, do you want an intermission? I think we have to. Okay. And intermission. And we're back. We just spent that whole intermission talking about Dungeons and Dragons. We're going to play. We're going to play. Right now. This is a D&D podcast now. Roll a net 20. No. <laughs> that one clip from Fantasy High where Kristen Applebee's dies and says, if I roll a net 20, can I come back to life? And Brennan goes, sure, Kristen. If you roll a net 20, you can come back to life. And then she rolls a nat 20, <laughs> and everyone loses their fucking mind. Like, that is what I want. Oh, yeah. That is the energy we're here to create. <laughs> that. I want some random stuff. Stuff that you're like, if I roll a nat 20, can I ascend planes of existence with this cube I found? With this cube <laughs> I found. The, the list of trinkets. Trinkets. It's one of my favorite parts of the book. Such a good shit. Such a good mechanic. Fun. I have all the books. I'm gonna just read them. Pirated them. They're coming for you now. Get me. I'm excited to play. We will play. Whether it's I want to play one or Monster High. That it's like the game. Have you have you played or seen someone play either? Hail Hydra or Secret Hitler. No. Where you have to figure out who's the spy among oh. you. A D&D campaign like that would be sick. I like that. You, you have to figure out who's faking. Noted. Watch someone play those games and like, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Like you have, yeah. everybody knows something and someone has to pretend like they know it by how you're talking about it. So you have to prove you know the concept without giving the concept away. 
right. is what the game is. But you could do a whole D&D thing a little bit more complicated than that. But you have to figure out who's the mole. Hmm. That would be fun. We just That would be fun. I want a DM, too. Okay. So let's do it. We, sh- we trade. We like trade. Alex's, they rotate. Everyone yeah. DMs and everyone plays. So let's do it. Only it'll just be you and me rotating because Each realistically other. we're the only people. We who start want a to second DM. podcast. <laughs> we just play D and D in here. I would fucking love that. I'm not joking. Would do that because have you heard? Um, it's called Not Another D and D Podcast. But the person who is the DM is Brian Murphy, and Brian Murphy is like he he plays on Dimension Twenty. Like he is a player in Dimension Twenty, but he's um, Riz Gutgack. Like, that's who he is. And he DMs for, he talks about how he DMs for, like, his wife, who is Emily Axford, who is one of the best D&D players of all time and is also a menace to society because she knows the rules and she knows what she can break. And, dude. And they, they play, but it's all I audio. like when you can, yeah, I, I'd want to do one where you could see the table. Oh, I would too, but we would have cameras. Yeah. But, like, with the. Strap your phone to the ceiling. <laughs> with an audio podcast, like, with a podcast, though, like, he, t- he was talking about how all you're just playing but you just have microphones next to you yeah like it's the same thing you're not like playing to a screen or anything like i would be so down i'd be so down keep your eye out for the the morbid mundane D D. keep an m&m eye out and m&m D for our second sister podcast that we might never make but might totally or we just play without podcasting it <laughs> like we c- i just want to play so bad oh yeah it's been literal years I want to play so fucking good. I want to DM so bad. Or just play. Yeah. If you want to DM, I'll play. Right. If you want to play, I'll DM. <laughs> There's the deal. Done. We're done. I'm so down for both. We're here. It's been so long. We have to start this podcast. This one or this one we're talking about? Both. Okay. We've been talking about D&D for a very long time. No, we have. It's been 30 minutes. It's been 30 minutes. Um, that intermission was 30 minutes for us, guys. Yeah. I do have something fun for you today, though. What is it? Tell me all about it. So, America. I hate it already. Is a nation. Yes. And as a nation. Cool. It does have a government. You following? hate all of this, but yes, Okay, I you're following? following? And so this government does have a president. Okay. I have for you... Another president-centric ghost story. Is it Abe Lincoln? Oh, yeah. It is? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Abraham Lincoln. That's the second one I've gotten right. The 16th president of the United States. (laughs) Please tell me about Lincoln. Okay. So, he's, like, got some spooky things going on. Okay. Um, Like, some weird stuff. If you didn't know... Mary Todd Lincoln, his wife, was really into the supernatural and a very superstitious person. Good for her. Just kind of, like, sprinkle it in there. She comes up a couple of times in what mm-hmm. we talk about. But, like, I didn't know that. I didn't either. And it, it kind of comes out in cool ways. that Like, stuff you never hear about mm-hmm. Abe Lincoln doing. <laughs> but, like, one of our first few things, he's, like, had a weird, like, a weird amount of premonitions of death. Like, had a lot of weird even before he was elected as president, was also kind of superstitious about death and dying. Okay. And then, I mean, maybe that's why they got along and got married. Oh. But she was, his wife was very superstitious and very into it all. And, like, there was even one article talking about that they, they had some, like, 
I don't even know how to describe it, but like he wouldn't. He's like, okay, this is too much. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not buying this anymore. And she's like, no, you can't. So like sometimes there'd be disagreements in the marriage, but for the most part, they like they got along. And even though she was like heavy into the supernatural, which I just thought was cool. Pop off. You know, she's like us, but married to a president. Okay, <laughs> I'm down to clown. Um, Marry the president. But there's. We're gonna jump right into it. One time, according to his friend, Ward Hill Lamont, not sure how to say it, but, Mm -hmm. like, a friend wrote in a journal about an evening he spent with Lincoln, and Lincoln Mm -hmm. was talking about this dream he had. And in the dream, he's walking around the White House, and everybody's sobbing. And he walks into one of the rooms, and there's a body on a bed covered by the sheets, and people are crying over the body, and there's also guards by the body. Um, and he asks one of the guards, like, why is it, what's wrong? Why is everybody crying? Who's under the sheets? And he said, the president has been assassinated. <gasps> Mind you, Abe Lincoln was president when he had this dream. So he had a premonition of, of his own being assassinated. That's fucked up. Oh, it was, I read it and was like, mm-mm, fake. No. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here for it. Um, that. That just I'm bro- I just broke out in goosebumps like on a very real note. Yeah, like, like my skin is like he now. he wrote it down like he was really distraught over this. He was like felt like this was he didn't he felt like this was a premonition of his own death. Yeah, he felt like I'm gonna be assassinated. Like that's what this dream means. Fuck. Me and Mary talked about it. I'm gonna die, man. <laughs> Me and Mary talked about it. I'm gonna die, man. Another time on an afternoon in 1860, after he won the election, mm-hmm. um, he saw he was standing in the mirror one night, just looking at it, and saw two reflections. One of the reflections was like a crisp, clear, normal image, and the other one was very pale, mm-hmm. very sad, very like you could tell older. Yeah, and like. He did look older by the end. You could kind of compare it to how he he was very physically altered by mm-hmm. his time as president during the, the Civil War, like aged faster than normal. But according to, to him and Mary, who have kind of like told the story, uh, he looked very pale and just sickly. Uh, Not my king. And Lincoln wasn't that worried about it. Just felt like he was tired yep. seeing things. But Mary, the wonderful, superstitious, very into the supernatural lady that she is, was like, no, that, that first phase means your first term as president is going to go well and you're going mm-hmm. to do good things. And then something terribly wrong is going to happen in your second term. You will not see it till fruition. Again. Yo, Mary. Again, like... I respect this woman, but also, what does she know? <laughs> she she was in on something because she was right. Also, um, <laughs> spoiler alert: Lincoln does. But get another like premonition of death happening mm-hmm. after Lincoln does something very good, something very bad's gonna happen. So it's like the second time someone Lincoln is like seeing something that hints at his own death. That's so fucked up. Imagine, imagine being able to tell yourself like. No, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get assassinated. I will be assassinated. That's so troubling. I mean, he was a troubled man. He was assassinated. He was also assassinated. That's fucked up. Okay. Sorry, uh, I'm so invested. No, you're good. He also faced a lot of tragedy in his mm. life. His mother died when he was nine. His he Not had a lot a lot of sickness in his family. He had four sons, three of which died early. 
Um, I did not know that. Damn. No, he had a lot of like really sad things, and it like it, with the the sons dying, uh, they were all him and Mary's kid. So like mm. Mary was also affected by it. Uh, but because of Mary's supernatural beliefs, they they had seances in the White House trying to contact these kids. That's cool as fuck. I didn't know they held seances in the White House. That's cool as fuck. Mary organized like. L- Literal seances. Allegedly, Lincoln only went to some of them, but, like, he went to some of the seances in the White House. I don't care if he went to two. He <laughs> went to a seance in the White House. I love that. Um, but they they would, you know, just try to contact their sons for some kind of closure. Which is just so sad. But, like, a seance um, in the White House, kind of cool. Yeah, and uh, she even got, Mary got Lincoln into spiritualism, hmm. believing that everything has a spirit, everything's connected in this, like, spiritual spiritual existence. He definitely wasn't all in as mm-hmm. much as she was, but, like, you know, communicated and discussed these beliefs with her and other people and, like, yeah. explored it as a concept, for sure, which is so cool. Yeah, literally. Um, Pop off. Uh, so, Lincoln is assassinated. Spoiler alert. Uh, and the spooky stuff does not stop here. It actually gets spookier. Oh. <laughs> but first we have to address something that's like known as a hoax now. There was a photo taken of Mary Lincoln by a man named William H. Mumler. Mumler. Okay. Um, he was a spirit photographer at the time. Okay. So Mary being into the supernatural like she is saw like psychics and went to these spirit photographers Pop trying off, to, Mary. you know, communicate with Lincoln a after woman. he was assassinated. So, like, she went to this photographer. Allegedly, she didn't tell him her real name, but one of the assistants working there said that that is a lie, mm-hmm. that the, the photographer knew. But allegedly, she didn't say who she was and was under a fake name. And Mulmer, Mumler, however you say his name, took the picture and the picture's developed and it's Mary sitting in a chair and a ghostly figure behind her with the hands on her shoulder, like a man standing behind her in the chair. Um, Looks kind of like Abe Lincoln, not gonna lie. The picture does look like Abe Lincoln and it'd be weird if Mumler didn't know that that was Mary Lincoln sitting there because the man has the beard and like is tall Mm -hmm. and and looks a lot like Lincoln. I mean, it's ghostly and pale. Yeah. You can't really make out all the details. Um, but it was just kind of, it would be a weird coincidence if he didn't know the name. But one of the assistants later wrote that that the picture was taken a little bit later mm-hmm. than what, what it was said. And he didn't know. Okay. So there is some disputes about that. And the picture itself has kind of been written off as double exposure. So like... He okay. was selling, he was known as a spirit photographer, but his whole practice was he was just dub like, have you ever seen double exposure mm-hmm. film? So it, it like has that ghostly yeah. outline of the first or second picture. You see one a lot clearer and mm-hmm. the other one's kind of more faded. So it was, it's been written off as this photo that has been double exposed and tampered with to make it look very ghost-like right. and faded. And that's kind of what this practice revolved around mm-hmm. um so it's kind of been written off as a hoax but it's still a really cool picture yeah and it shows like how mary was very into the stuff so it's still a good point to bring up but it's not like we have proof that abe lincoln's a ghost <laughs> um but it's kind of cool right. and if it, if the, the first story is true that he didn't know it's kind of crazy 
that even if it was just double exposure, they had an actor that looked a lot like Abe Lincoln just yeah. coincidentally line up with Mary. That's kind of weird. Anyway, yeah, it's just like some weird stuff. So you can believe it's a ghost. Some people who've analyzed the photographers like, no, it's definitely double exposure. Or it's a ghost. Or it's a ghost on the first exposed one. And they just add, like, it could right. still be a ghost in my heart. But no, that one's kind of written off as a hoax. Yeah. Um, but during some more fun stuff, kind of the first of what we're going to talk about, the first incidents. During the Roosevelt administration, Eleanor Roosevelt often felt a strange presence around the house. And the dog named Fala would often bark at random walls or curtains. Oh, definitely. Um, and she felt, Eleanor Roosevelt, Roosevelt felt that for some reason had this strange sense that this was Abe Lincoln. Like for, for no reason, but okay. like Abe Lincoln is here. Why? That's just what she said. But apparently the dog felt it too. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe. Um, and then it kind of went on that other people said, like, felt a strange presence in the Lincoln bedroom or near, okay. if there was a photo of Lincoln in the White House, felt a strange presence near the photo. Mm-hmm. Just like, in, and there'd be other f- photos in other rooms of other presidents who's passed, mm-hmm. but, like, you wouldn't get the same feeling. And then another kind of couple years later, some people, there was a couple of reports by different people of hearing Lincoln's footsteps outside of the Lincoln bedroom. How do they know it's they, his footsteps? They're just in the Lincoln bedroom, so there's oh, okay. kind of like so they're a, like a, okay. I was that has say, that's Lincoln coming to his bedroom. It's like, did he limp or something? Like, no, you know, but did we know? Did he have a weird gait? Did you see him? But just only describe the footstep part, right? But because it was the Lincoln bedroom, a lot of people say it's Lincoln walking in the halls. Hmm. So that one's kind of fun. Uh, Lillian Rogers Parks, an employee who worked 30 years at the White House, okay. said she heard Lincoln talking before, after he passed. Like she knew what he sounded like and, and heard, heard his voice. him and heard okay. footsteps. So that one was kind of weird. Um, she even wrote about a couple of the occurrences. She has an autobiography. Mm. It's called, like, 30 Years Backstairs at the White House and writes about specifically having issues of like weird strange feelings around stuff named after Lincoln pictures of Lincoln hearing Lincoln like that's some energy retention right there yeah like some weird stuff Her, uh, Harry Truman's daughter heard someone knocking on the door of the Lincoln bedroom when Hate she that. was sleeping there one night mm. and went to check and no one's outside the door hated that so kind of like even if it wasn't the Lincoln's ghost it's kind of creepy and it happened in the Lincoln right, room the fact that it was a ghost Truman himself had the same thing happen to him at some point after this first event in the same room like was sleeping in the same room someone knocked on the door and no one was there that concept no like shit repeating itself like the same thing happened to me in a different night and but in the same place I hate that so much bad Right. Also, to open the door, like if you're in the White House and someone's knocking on your door in the middle of your night, something bad, something could be going wrong. Like you have to address them in the middle of the night. Like a war was started in the Mm. secrecy of night. Like it's got to be important to be knocking on the president's door in the middle of the night in the White House and then to have no one there. So you're like rushing to the door and you open it, nothing. Just an eerie, silent hallway. If there's one story, that's one thing. 
it's just one person saying I was in there and there was a knock on the door. Ah, two people with the same story. No, that happened. <laughs> That's real. No, it's just factual. I can't. No. Um, Roosevelt's secretary. This one's fun. Allegedly saw Lincoln sitting on the bed in the Lincoln bedroom. He was pulling on his boots, uh, and she ran out of this room hysterical. <gasps> like, was screamed back into where other people were. Like, was going to check on something right. in the bedroom and ran screaming from the room. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, I would be fucking scared, too, even if it wasn't a ghost, if I saw a man in my bedroom. Yeah, whatever it was. Like, right. She said it was, It looked like Lincoln, and he was pulling on his boots, sitting on the edge of the, the bed in the Lincoln's bedroom. Hate that. And, like, you know, went and told everybody as soon as it happened. It's, like, it's weird when events like that happen. Yeah. Even if she was just seeing things. It's, like, that's kind of heavy to it send Run someone into screaming. hysterics. Yeah. Um, so that one was scary. Uh, Grace Coolidge saw Lincoln in the over room. He was staring out a window. Again, was kind of like the ran drama. from the room. Very scared. Mm-hmm. P- again, if it's just a man in the, that looks like Lincoln that's right. living in the walls of the White House. Oh my God, that's <laughs> the plot twist we didn't know we needed. No, I like. There's no proof of that. But no, but he just like changes costumes occasionally. He's like Washington. Yeah. <laughs> Every time somebody sees the ghost of a president, it's one dude it's in just a costume him. who lives in the basement. Yeah. No. For some reason, the, the ghost that haunts the White House, though, is Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah. It's so weird. And he didn't die in the White House. Which, yeah, that's... But, like, isn't the, the concept of ghosts also can be, like, that they're just repeating their own things? Like, their energy is just trapped in yeah, a Yeah, it's like where, a, a trapped and like, electromagnetic signal. And, like, the trauma of being president? Oh, especially during the Civil so, War. Right. Yeah. Like, that, There's definitely trauma and He's probably and just... Stuck. Stuck. Like, emotions carry a charge kind yeah. of thing. So, like, that emotion, emotional energy is, like, stuck in the White House. Right. It's kind of where you could point and it to. And it might just be that his is more powerful because he was more troubled or because he believed in it. Yeah. Like, who knows? Or maybe he's trying to, he believed in it so he knows how to, like, contact from the other side. Lincoln could be trying to tell Lincoln us something. Lincoln, communicate with us. <laughs> Lincoln, would you like to be interviewed on a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> we'll whoa, listen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Um, Theodore Roosevelt's valet saw Lincoln's ghost and proceeded to sprint away <laughs> from the White House screaming. <laughs> like, I don't know if he saw, like, where he saw him, but, like, was outside, saw the ghost, and was freaked out enough to run away. It's the fact that everybody who has seen him so far has just booked it in the opposite direction. <laughs> if you see the ghost of Abraham Lincoln, I'd be, like, walking up trying to get an autograph. Hello? Oh, like, my God. How are you doing? The concept of running away and screaming at the top of your fucking lungs. I like, say that, but to so see funny. a dead president. Oh, no, yeah, I totally agree. Someone you, you see every day on the whatever bill, the $5 bill. Oh, whatever, Bill. <laughs> like, it's a face you know. Yeah. Weirdly enough, this man that was dead before we were born, we know what he looks like. Right. Um, And we kind of see it every day almost. I'd run, too. I'd run. I'd run. I'd scream, too. 100%. Like, ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> Lincoln! And then ask him questions. And then ask him questions. <laughs> the initial startling, running away and then, like, walking back. Like, wait a second. This is kind of cool. You're Lincoln. <laughs> You're Abraham Lincoln, so, like, tell me about that. <laughs> no. Uh, Roosevelt himself claimed to see the ghost wandering the halls at one point, but, like, 
never really seeing him and staring face to face, just seeing like a ghostly figure that could have been Lincoln wandering the halls. And then so, so much came out that other people were saying Lincoln. He's like, I think I've seen maybe Lincoln too. So like, it's weird that the, the people yeah. always see things like that in the White House. Uh, the Queen of the Netherlands visited in 1942. Okay. And she fainted after answering the door and seeing Lincoln standing there. I would die. The Lincoln bedroom. This time he was there for the knocking. <laughs> this time he was there. And she faints, like is out. What? Yeah. What? What if you open the door, and the, like open that door right now and there was someone on the other side? Yeah, just standing. I'd lose my fucking mind. Yeah. That, I might faint too. Gosh. That, that holds. That carries. Yeah. And also, it's a queen. <laughs> a- again, if you're if you're knocking on the queen's bedroom, it's Something's important. important. Yeah, if you're it, disrupting her sleep, she answers the door and faints because it's Abraham, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> I keep having to remind myself too. It's like, ooh, spooky knocks and steps and all this stuff, but it's also just Abe Lincoln, yeah, like, just vibing in the White House, <laughs> just living it up. Like maybe he was confused because someone was in his fucking bedroom, man. Yeah, the Lincoln bedroom. It's like it's got my name on it, guys. Literally, what's the it's mine. <laughs> Winston Churchill was at the white house during he was taking a bath and drinking scotch and having a cigar just having a night churchill to himself living it up in the white house and he gets out the bath and walks into the bedroom they're connected so he was like going to get dressed so he has no clothes on uh and the clarification (laughs) winston churchill but make him naked (laughs) yeah naked winston churchill (laughs) is walking into a bedroom and in the bedroom he sees a man leaning on the mantle of the fireplace and the man looks at him and he's like that's Abe Lincoln Uh, (laughs) surprise Lincoln the only one in the room said reportedly by himself said he responded he said to Mr. Abe Lincoln a ghost good evening Mr. President you seem to have me at a disadvantage because this man's naked. And so <laughs> Churchill's dick flapping around. Quick. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. <laughs> the ghost, again, this is all from Churchill, but the ghost of Lincoln laughs and kind of fades out. He just wanted a good joke. And you know what? I'm glad someone finally acknowledged him instead of running <laughs> screaming. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there was also reports by, like, those were all, like, presidents and president family members and secretaries but there's also been people couldn't find names for them but there was reports of people seeing someone sleeping in the lincoln room and walking out because there wasn't supposed to be someone sleeping in there but you could see someone in the bed uh seeing lincoln in chairs like you walk past a room and there's someone sitting in a chair and you walk back and it's not anyone um seeing lincoln at desk at the top of the stairs like walking up uh and in many windows, if you're, like, walking up to the White House, see, looking up and seeing Abe Lincoln staring out at you. So fucking traumatizing. Oh, my gosh. Um, he was also seen, this one's, weird, like, a weird report, but he was seen at a house of a lady who was present at his assassination. What? Um, so it wasn't, he wasn't seen at, like, Booth's house, the man who assassinated right. him, but a lady just that was present at the assassination was he trying to tell her something and he never got to? Like, why would he go to her house? I have so many questions for Abe Lincoln. No, literally. But that one was, I read that one. I was like, why is he there? What's Had up he with her? Had her house before? Yeah, it, unclear. That's so whack. <laughs> that one didn't sit right with me. He's also been seen at his own grave. Uh, oh, and somewhere in trauma. where he's seen 
where he was practicing law, like haunted a building that he had practiced law in. Oh. Because he was a lawyer before being a president. An so educated man. He's, he's well-traveled as it goes, too. But for some reason, loves to haunt people in the White House. Well, I mean, yeah. The trauma. One that, like, was also weird. People have seen a a ghost train and heard, like, go, like ghost whist- train whistles when there's no train coming on the same tracks that his funeral train followed. Whoa. That's... He, ghost train? Ghost train. Lincoln's got a ghost train. Yo, that's kind of cool. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. But that that is my story. Damn. Of Abe Lincoln. It's 20 minutes worth of Lincoln. I know. It was shorter, but right. I had to talk about no, it. No, I completely support it 100%. I, Damn. I wanted more stuff, but that was like the major stories I could find. Mm-hmm. Other things were like, I saw... A ghostly figure. I'm not sure if it was Lincoln. I was like, no, I need the hard proof. That I need it. I need Winston Churchill naked talking to the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. That really got me in a way I didn't know I wanted. No, he and seemed to have me at a disadvantage. What a man. Oh, my gosh. Quick with it. Thanks, <laughs> I guess. Um, I also really enjoyed learning that his wife, Abe Lincoln's wife, Mary, mm-hmm. was, like, super into ghosts and stuff. Right. You, like... Why? Wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, and, and Abe Lincoln was here for it. He married her. Like, he was like, word, all right, let's Why? get this spiritualism stuff out here. Some of the families of the presidents were cooler than the presidents. Yeah. Mary seems cool as that. Mary? Mary should have been president. Honestly. No. It should Ghost have been Ghost cabinet. Ghost cabinet. I would ne- If someone told me that there's been seances in the White House, I wouldn't have believed I you. I yeah. Same. But no, Mary held seances and had it organized, had a room to hold seances in. I want to go in that room. I want to know where she held the seances, and I want to have my own seance, and I want to contact Miss Mary. And Lincoln. And Lincoln, if he wants to talk, but allegedly he didn't go to all of them, so if he's just missing out on this one, I would be fine with talking to just Mary, because she seems cool. <laughs> just Mary. Dude. Dude. But, yeah, it's so weird that he, the, like, going back to the beginning, the for some reason, was just a man who often dreamed of his own death. That. I mm, I hate... The, the article I read, I think it was by the History Channel, Okay. Uh, said he often had and then gave those examples and mm-hmm. then, like, other ones, like, he had a dream about dying but wasn't specific enough. So, mm-hmm. I like, there, allegedly, he had many other dreams about his own death, but those right. two hit hard and also hinted at an assassination. Right. Or an untimely death, at least. But, like, that second one in the mirror was, like, something's going to go wrong in your like second that. term. And I was like, mm, I don't like death premonitions no. by the person that's going to get assassinated, and I know that. Right. I know in my because heart that this man's going to be future. assassinated. That is deeply troubling. Because, like, preemptive or permanent, permanent whatever the fuck it's called, Dreams about the future are already deeply troubling because those are just a thing that happens to people. But, like, the the concept of being able to have a dream, wake up and say, like, that's how I'm going to die now. Or I know I'm going to be assassinated. Yeah, to, be, or, like, to do that. like, people are going to mourn and me. And he, he didn't die right away. He had to realize that those dreams were right. Right. Before, uh, he died the next morning. So that whole time, he's sitting there thinking about, wow, those dreams were right. I n- knew I was going to die this way. That's... But this is it happening right now. Fucked. And then die. Fucked. Fucked. It would have been different if he, like, died right on the spot. But he, like, had to think about that stuff. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Wasn't the murder or the assassination of Lincoln a three-way assassination? Yeah, three people were supposed to be involved. But it was chickened out. And then Wilkes Booth. 
But it was Lincoln. One of them, one of the other guys was shot, wasn't he? Yes. He just didn't die. Yeah. And then the one chickened out, one was shot but didn't do it right, and then Wilkes Booth did the deed. On a related but unrelated note, we were playing that drawsome game, and my prompt was um, John Wilkes Booth's wedding. And so I drew a stick figure and an archway and, like, a bride and all this shit, and I drew an arrow and was like, the guy who shot JFK. <laughs> and then I went up on the screen... And I, like, I had a thought. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> it's definitely not what happened. That was definitely Lee Harvey Oswald. Oops. Like, I had a <laughs> disclaimer to my friends. I was like, it's not. Because all of their answers were, like, Oswald. I was like, no. <laughs> I just fucked up. <laughs> I just forgot what is. I just forgot which president. Wasn't there also a bunch of weird coincidences with Lincoln and JFK? Yeah. It's like their terms or like the dates they're, are weird. They're, they're line up almost to the day in some some cases. We'll yeah. have to find that and share that because yeah. it's creepy to read. It is. And gonna, it's a lot. I'm going to see if I can find it. Yeah. Ooh. Because, I mean, we have more time anyway because your story ran short. Yeah. Um, what am I looking for? Lincoln, JFK. Lincoln Kennedy coincidences. So Lincoln and Kennedy each have seven letters. Both presidents were elected to Congress in a year ending in 46 and to presidency in a year ending in 60. Uh, both married women in their 20s while they were 30s. Uh, both lost a son while living in the White House. Both were shot in the presence of their wives. Um, both assassins, John Wilkes Booth and Lee Harvey Oswald, were born in th in year 39. They were both known by three names composed of 15 letters. Uh, both ran from Ford's theater, um, or Booth ran from Ford's theater and was caught in a warehouse. Oswald ran from the plaza warehouse and was caught in a theater. <gasps> Backwards. Both presidents were running up, runners up for the party nominations for vice president in a year ending in 56. Both successors were Southern Democrats uh, with the last name Johnson. Both were born in a year ending in 08, and their first names all contained six letters. Their assassins were both su Southerners. Uh, both were particularly concerned with civil rights, made their views strongly known. Um, in 1862, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. A century later, the uh, Kennedy presented the Civil Rights Act. Um, both presidents were shot in the head on a Friday and died in nearby locations. Lincoln was shot at Ford's Theater. Kennedy was shot in a Ford's car. Uh, <gasps> shot in a Ford car, a Lincoln limousine. No, I don't like that one. Um, Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy who told him not to go to Ford's Theater. Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln whose husband, um, Harold's nickname was Abe, and she warned him not to go to Dallas. No, I And both it. Oswald and Booth were assassinated before they could be put on trial. No. No. Nuh-uh. Mm-hmm. History repeats itself. That one's mm -hmm. bad. That was the Wikipedia article. Book Everything book, like, that, <laughs> and most of it is all, like, a hundred years off. So, like, Lincoln was elected in 1846. Kennedy was elected in 1946 to Congress and then to presidency in 1860, 1960. Whoa. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Both presidents had four children. Oh. And both lost two before they reached their teens. Oh, fuck. The doctor for Lincoln and Kennedy had the same name, Charles Taft. Hate that. hundred years later, same name. Did we already say both men were shot on a Friday? Yeah, both men were shot on a Friday. And both were shot in the head. Both of them lost a child while living in the White House. Lincoln also. was sitting in box number seven of Ford's theater when he was killed. Kennedy was riding in car number seven in the caval- cavalcade. Yeah. However you say that. So, the number seven. There were both oh. the- There are both theories that their assassinations um, were, like, part of something bigger. Oh, yeah. Cons- I totally believe they're both conspiracies. Um... The law enforcement officers who detained the two different assassins both had the last name Baker. I why is it what is it with all these last names and like the fact that both of like the assassins had fifteen letters in their name and it's three names yeah why? Well, I'm trying to see if there's any more I can find. Both, yeah, this one, both were, were originally going to be tried as the single gunmen and were both figured out to be, they're all conspiracies, they're both conspiracies, yeah. like we don't know the bigger picture. Oh my god. I remember reading that like when yeah. I was little and I was like, this is too much, I would like to leave the simulation now please. And it's also, they're both their successor, sex, successors. Are Southerners named Johnson. The, yeah, like why? Like, it's one thing to be like, oh, my God, what a coincidence. But exactly a hundred years later. And so many of the names lined up. The names, the amount of letters, the fact that it went from a um, a theater to a plaza, a plaza to a theater. That one is scary. I don't like any of it, if we're being honest. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Damn. This episode got weird. Yeah. The president's ones are always fun, though. Because why were the presidents such, like, why? How did all the things happen to the presidents? What's the, what's that conspiracy about the, um, or is that the Pope? Or, no, 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 there's supposedly a, a, a notebook, right? Um, that the presidents each have to read. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's, like, passed down. Am I making this up? I know they leave notes to the next president. Right. But I thought there was, like, it's, like, a conspiracy that there's a notebook with, like, the the secret to, like, ending the world or something dramatic. <gasps> oh, wow. I didn't know that one. That's I know the, there's also, like, that rumor that, like, every time a new pope is indicted in, um, he's given, like, the secret to the Antichrist. Oh, wow. But that's a rumor. But it's, like, that's supposedly the thing. It's, like, you learn the true nature of the Antichrist. Whoa. Yeah. Do you remember that creepy post about the Antichrist? Well, isn't there something about like the the we're just going on like tangents? No, like literally at this point, pop off. <laughs> there was like the Freemasons. You you go you learn these things. Mm-hmm. You learn like these sayings or like stuff you're supposed to uphold as truths. Mm-hmm. And then during this like ceremony, you're like shown why all of those are a lie. So you have to like memorize this stuff hardcore, and then oh, they yeah. break you down by like disproving it all to you so they like mentally mess you up i might be like i don't that totally could have been something we talked about over like dinner right my friends made up but like that's some pretty heavy stuff half of this podcast is tangents of things like we don't know are true 
We'll look into them and come back. These are all future episodes. <laughs> These are all future. The Freemasons are an episode. JFK is an episode. There's a lot of conspiracies about JFK. There's some so much, so fun. Did you watch season two of the Umbrella Academy? No, not all the way. It's good. Finish it. But like the when number two, his whole thing is that he wants to save JFK yeah. from being assassinated. It's like you can't do that. You're gonna fuck up the timeline. And number five killed JFK in the Umbrella Academy. Number five did kill JFK. So he'd be stopping his brother from doing what he's supposed to do. No, literally. It's some messed up stuff. Umbrella Academy spoilers? I like, I don't like time travel. The concept of time travel gives me a headache. But shows and movies like that where they're like, this time traveler was really the one who did X, Y, Z or was there when this happened. Like, love that. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yes. Weird things that you're like happened at the same time and you wouldn't yeah have. it's like that whole thing where a cowboy a samurai and a um somebody else all could have existed at the same time like they were all going on at the same time hate that we don't talk about the old west enough i'm gonna bring some old west stories i feel like there was some weird shit and we don't talk about it enough like as a society we forget that cowboys were a thing Oh, yeah, when they were arguably the best part. Literally. You ever seen Rango? My favorite thing is, like, you you hear about cowboys, and I just, I'm a dinosaur person. <laughs> so I, I love the fact that there was a huge, like, people were murdered over fossils in the Old West. Damn. Fossils were, like, people would, would steal carts that they believed had fossils on them mm-hmm. so they could be the person that discovered the dinosaur. There was a huge, it, like, the Bone Wars of the Old West. Whoa. People were murdered over <laughs> dinosaur bones in the Old West. And I think that's so cool. And everybody's like, but they broke all the laws. It's like, yeah. But they were they were killing each other stuff that just wasn't even part of the law. They was anything. Dinosaur bones. And, yeah, they would have these crazy expeditions out west to go get the bones. Hmm. Like, away from the towns and stuff. I didn't know that. So, yeah, there's some really cool stories you can read about people going bone hunting in the old west bone hunting and that's why if you've ever played red dead redemption there is the side quest to go find fossils because that's that was a real thing people were doing in the old west there was a huge like fossil craze and you just don't a lot of people don't know that i don't know that yeah i thought that was so cool it is there's a couple books um i can't remember the names of the book but michael crichton Jurassic Park has also written books on like the Bone Wars and stuff, and there was yeah. another one I have, but written by a different author, and I can't remember the name of the book or the author right now. <laughs> but like it was a thing that happened. Hate that. I'll talk about it because I love that part of history. Come I'll try to, to find a bones. good case. <laughs> Dude. Well. Well, time travel and ghost presidents. Yeah. Have been discussed alongside this this movie taught start this movie this podcast <laughs> episode started with us talking about barbie and then we've ended Homestuck it by talking SCPs. about the conspiracy of lincoln and jfk our podcast episodes are very uh whiplashy recently oh yeah we've been like SCPs, nostalgia barbies <laughs> dnd ghost presidents jfk <laughs> Time travel, the Old West, Bone Wars. 
we need to start including a table of contents before. Skip this time if you're interested in. <laughs> it's fun, though. We have a good time. I have a good time. What's... So this is episode 17? Yes. Potentially. Yeah, episode 17. So we have... Coming up, we have... Um, few more episodes and then it's 20 with Erin my queen coming to talk to us more Um, we also might have something fun happen for 25 yeah where we we're starting to get some shit cooking so stick around please fun stuff join our discord what did you kick something yeah okay join our discord uh Join our Minecraft server. <laughs> the first um, few who respond get in the realm. No, literally. The first <laughs> few people who respond, I'm going to put you in our Minecraft realm, and you get to play Minecraft with us. Because um, I secretly just want to play Minecraft with a bunch of people. Specifically yeah, strangers, strangers. Yeah. Specifically the internet. A whole nine yards. Make it happen. Um, and yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll start a sister podcast. A D&D podcast. God only knows what's happening. (laughs) Yeah. It's also just us. So stick around. Follow us on everything. Please. It helps us out. It gets us around. Adam will be back eventually. Yeah. One day. Probably on other things before the podcast because we're pre-recording all of these. Yeah. But he's not here. But he'll be back eventually. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you. Good night. (laughs) Thanks for listening. It's not nighttime, but good night.